Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, we've got the good fortune to be joined by Vanessa Ferguson. She's the managing director at Ferguson Legal, a law firm focused on business law, data privacy, and intellectual property. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you to become a lawyer in the first place? Um, I think as most lawyers, probably money. Very early on, it was money for sure. Um, as far as intellectual property, I just become, became very inspired by innovation. And I loved hearing new ideas and you know just new business interests. That's what got me into the IP realm. Okay, awesome. And then... So how did you arrive at the areas of specialization that you, I mean, did you intern in law school? Did you learn working for a firm when you graduated? How did that happen? So, yeah. So um, when I was, I knew I wanted to be an attorney since I was 16. Um, so I, you know, did the traditional route and I went to undergrad when I was an undergrad and when I was younger, I thought the only way to really be an attorney was to be a criminal, you know, defense attorney. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, and I got to undergrad, I ended up getting a job interning for the Pinellas County Public Defender's Office out in Clearwater. And when I was interning there, I just realized that criminal law just wasn't it for me. Um, no amount of prison time was really going to rehabilitate these individuals to make them live a better life. Um, and I realized in order to, you know, participate in that rehabilitation aspect that I needed to you know, be more of a social worker than an attorney. So from there, I kind of got on Wikipedia and I was like, types of law that, of course, make good money. And I came across um, corporate law, inter intellectual property, and entertainment law. So from there, I applied to law schools that only offered an IP or an entertainment law concentration. I got into law school, um, studied that IP concentration, and I just kind of fell in love. So that's a short story of how I, how I got into IP. Awesome. The longer version should be in a book. Um, quick, <laughs> quick disclaimer. Um, you are an attorney in the state of Florida, so are for our folks who are watching and listening who are not in the state of Florida, they should seek counsel in a state they are in. We are not giving any legal advice on this podcast. Correct. And a uh, special thank you to financial advisor Robert Lehman, who introduced us. So what is it that you love about like the intellectual property side? Um, I just love hearing the ideas. 
And I love being able, because what people don't understand about IP is that protecting it and registering it is only you know one part of the gig. Um, the other part is licensing it and being able to give other people the right to kind of make and reproduce whatever your invention or copyright or trademark work is and to kind of collect mailbox money off of that and have reoccurring revenue without actually having to put in the day-to-day -day work. So to summarize, I would say um, just the inventions, the ideas, and then for two, being able to allow other individuals and other entities to make money without having to work every single day. That is a beautiful business model. Yeah. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes business owners make when it comes to uh, protecting or developing their intellectual property? Um, I think it's just not knowing. A lot of these businesses have never heard of intellectual property. Even, you know, to this day, when I tell people what I do, they're like PI. And I'm like, no, not personal injury IP. They're like IT. I'm like, no, you know, intellectual property. If they do know what intellectual property is, the first thing that comes to their mind is usually patents. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, just breaking down the, I guess, the, the confusion about and surrounding intellectual property. That makes a lot of sense. So can you talk about what happens when you, I mean, you alluded to the mailbox money. Can you talk a little mm -hmm. bit more detail? Because that is a very attractive term. Um, what <laughs> happens when you do this right? So, you know, when you do it right, you actually own your invention or your copyright for for years to come and when it's done properly once you have that that ownership right you can license it to other individuals when it's done improperly you oftentimes lose that right before you even realize that it was even a right that you even had in the first place so um that's kind of the reverse answer of that question but that's what i have to say on that point absolutely and then how does business law kind of parallel kind of work together with the ip so the funny thing is, is that when I, you know, my, <laughs> I gave you the summarized story of how I got into IP, but when I started my firm, I actually, um, yeah, my marketing tactic was IP privacy business law. When I got to the market, it was so hard to get over the hurdle to explain to people what I did with IP and what I did with privacy. So probably like six months to maybe even 10 months in, I ended up flipping it and I put the business law in front of it so that people could, um, kind of easily understand what exactly it is that I do. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we talked about the IP part already. What is, what would, how would you define business law, regular business law? So I, I would define regular business law as kind of like a catch-all. Um, that's why I put it in the business's name because it's a good catch-all for people who don't know what IP is or who, do, who doesn't understand what I do with data protection and, and privacy. So as far as the business law, I do, so the, the, I guess, motto of my firm is I help you start, manage, and protect your business. The start aspect of, the start aspect of it is the, the incorporation, the LLC formation, the operating agreement, the actually formalizing and starting an entity that's separate and distinct from the individual owners. Um, from there, I do have the, the managed aspect, which is the contracts. Contracts are very, very important. I'm actually having an event today um, about it because so many people consider it a burden they don't understand the value of it however the contracts are so <laughs> i can't even begin to even explain how important contracts are so that is kind of the bulk of what i do um, with the business with so the starting it the formation and then the contracts and the managing it and just kind of working with them um, you know on the day-to-day -to, -day to kind of go through any transactions they're dealing with any um, disputes they're dealing with it dealing with just to be their outside inside counsel to guide them through this process because a lot of these business owners 
they're, they're not attorneys and they really don't know what's going on in the legal world. So I like to provide that, that guidance and that information to them for their businesses. Absolutely. So what, I know you alluded to it a little bit, just expand, what are most business owners doing wrong um, when it comes to their, their legal, legal aspects of their business? Um, being cheap, <laughs> being cheap, um, not wanting to invest in their business. A lot of the businesses that I work with are newer businesses, so they, they don't understand the whole mindset that you can't um, take all your money. You can't pay yourself all your money and that you can't um, just run a business off of an idea. You have to have a business model and you have to have an idea. So, I mean, top three things of what they're doing wrong, I would say being cheap, um, not listening and not delegating. That makes a lot of sense. And then talk a little bit about, uh, you're kind of on the cutting edge a little bit. Talk a little bit about the data, data privacy portion of your business. Yeah, so that is a portion of my business model that I really struggle with, to be honest, because I, at this point, I consider myself more of a privacy advocate than a privacy attorney. I'm very involved with the Florida Bar as far as their um, privacy and, you know, their, I guess, IT or technology. But as far as getting customers to actually pay for it, it's kind of the hard part that I struggle with. So I enjoy, I believe in, you know, privacy by design and collecting, using, and storing consumers' data ethically. A lot of small businesses, which is what I work with, they don't want to pay for expertise in that area. They kind of tell themselves, or I don't know if they have the conversation or not, but they just you know, I'll worry about it when there's a breach or I'll worry about it when the consumers are upset, upset about it. And I really advocate, you know, privacy by design, implementing these policies and procedures on the front hand. That way um, on the back end, it, it's a lot easier and a lot more affordable. For sure. For sure. So when, how can the law and obviously Ferguson Legal help us in the data privacy portion of our business? Um. I would say to, to take it into consideration when you're building your business model. Um, think about what information you're collecting, how you're collecting it, and where you're storing it. And then, you know, take the opposite perspective and think of yourself as a consumer. How would you want a business using, storing, and distributing your information and your personal data? Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Um... What do I like best? I, it has to be these these ideas. They're just so good. Um, and you know, ideas. Any IP attorney will tell you the idea, and in and of itself, it's not protectable. It's the, generally the expression of that idea. So a lot of it is encouraging these businesses um, to, for one, understand and realize when they are onto something good. For two, to want to invest into growing whatever their idea is. And for three, wanting to kind of profit off of it and market it so that they can, you know, have a, a decent living wage off of whatever their invention is. That makes a lot of sense. What do you do outside the office? What do you do for fun? Um, I recently picked up golf. I live in Florida. So, you know, the beach is always a go-to, a beach day, a, a boat day, a full day. Um, I'm a big movie. I love horror movies. So Halloween was a perfect time for that. Um, and, you know, fine dining. I really do enjoy, you know, being treated well at dinner with some nice wine and a nice, um, you know, a nicely prepared meal. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you stay on top of all the trends in business law, IP law, data privacy? How do you keep abreast of everything that's going on? 
You know, um, that is very difficult. I think the first, I'm only three years into my practice. The first year was very difficult because it was all very new to me. Um, The second year, I started to realize that there were issues that were coming up that I did not have um, a legitimate opinion about because I wasn't up to date on it. And then in my third year, I've been taking CLEs and attending events and just putting myself more out there in the community so that I can, well, not in the community, but um, I guess the community to kind of get that information that I need to to make my practice more well-rounded. And what do you, if you had to start over, what advice would you give give yourself knowing what you know now? Um, I would say patience and I would advise myself to be a sponge and continue to learn and take in everything and never assume that you know everything. Who is an ideal client for you? Um, this is always a hard one. I'm in a lot of networking groups and a lot of referral groups. And just because I do so much, it's so hard for me to, you know, tell people what to listen for, what to look out for. Um, but generally any you know, small business owner, and I know people say small business owner, but for me, a small business is a lot of these solopreneurs and a lot of these, I think my biggest client might be three owners. So that is an idea business owner for me and someone who, um, a business who thinks that they cannot afford an attorney. That is a, a great client for me. Awesome. And for our folks who are watching or listening, who meet that criteria, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you? Um, my website my Twitter, and then LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. Um, I check it multiple times a day. So if you ever want to send me a quick um, message or have a quick question, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. That's a great place to get in contact with me. Awesome. Anything else you want to share that we didn't have a chance to cover yet? Um, you know, just to anyone who out there who, who has an idea, um, you know, go for it. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. You know, get yourself a good team and, and make it happen. Get that mailbox money. <laughs> Get that mailbox money. I love it. This has been (laughs) Seth Green with Vanessa Ferguson. Vanessa, thanks so much for joining us. It was my pleasure. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. Thanks again to Robert Lehman, the financial advisor for introducing us. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.